G'day friends, welcome back. Episode 9, this show is never going to tumble. It's 9 episodes in, it is still so good and I still am blown away, blown, blown away, <laughs> blown away by the amount of trust that's been given to the audience. Like to, to not have, we haven't had a lightsaber, we haven't had a cameo, we haven't had any action to speak of really at all, apart from the heist. Like, this is purely a political Star Wars drama, and it is fucking unbelievable still. Oh, man. Let's get into it. So, spoiler warning as well, obviously. This episode is largely about what's going on on Narkeena 5 at the prison um, and how how we're sort of leading up to what will be the escape and and who knows what other sort of crazy shit rioting. They're really building to something fucking insane happening at that prison. And it's really interesting because this episode is, is – is an example of exactly what Luthen has been talking about, right? He wants to piss the Empire off so they push down on people more and thereby force people to push back even more. And that's what's going to happen in the prison. So the prison, whether it's Palpatine, whoever is in charge of, like, you know, dealing with this shit, like doing these fucking mass murders of all the inmates, it's 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 going to be what causes all the inmates to try and break out or fight back or whatever. They are pushing down on people too hard. So people aren't going to put up with it and they're going to push back. And this is what Luthen, this is his whole like thesis, basically. You know, this is why he's like, we're going to do Aldani. They're going to tighten their grip on the galaxy. And then people are going to fight back because they're going to be too pissed off to just sit back and deal with it. So it's, it's a really interesting like macro look at the whole idea of this sort of era of the rebellion, I suppose. It's really, really interesting. Um, we get a lot of really good stuff in this episode with Dedra. She's probably my favorite character in the whole show, to tell you the truth, which is amazing because she's a baddie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am loving her so much. I love her resolve. I love how smart she is. I love how we're getting to really see sort of how nasty she can be. Um and yeah, I, I love that she is just in defiance of all the other like blokes that she works with. She is the most competent out of all of them. I just, I enjoy her enormously. And let's talk about this, this doctor guy and his torture method, which is really creative and really, really fucked up. <laughs> right. So they're, they're on, at least at the beginning, they're on Ferrix. They've tortured, um, Pack, I think his name is, the guy that runs the shop, 
who had the radio. Um, they get, He gave them all of the information. You go, what the fuck, man? But it's because this form of torture that this doctor has cooked up is fucking so goddamn messed up. Seriously. So what it is... I mean, to, to, if, you've, if you're listening to this, you've seen the episode, but I'm going to run, run us through it again anyway. So it's, it is the... They've really harnessed the dying whales of these of this species of beings from this random moon in the outer rim that is so horrible it causes you to have a complete mental and emotional breakdown is what it does. So that they they went to this planet, the locals weren't happy about the Empire being there, so they murdered them all, and the sound that they made caused the the commanders who heard it to just fucking lose their minds. So they got got the audio of is actually he says it's actually the children of this species dying and letting out these horrible cries so that they harness that and they make people listen to that as a form of torture, which is pretty creative and it's just so messed up. It's so messed up and, and naturally um, poor poor Bix gives in because it's pretty horrible. It sounds like no one could handle it. Um, and I love that we don't hear it. I love that they, they don't try to actually create that sound because it would be a letdown no matter what they were able to come up with, the, the the fear of it is, you know, what our imagination will allow it to be, um, which is pretty dark. And it's it's this this show is not shying away from how fucked up this era was, how fucked up the empire was. I'm really loving the um, the similarity between what the ISB is and how. You know, the American intelligence agencies have done things in the past, like the really, really fucked up methods of torture. You know, it's something that the Americans and, you know, all, all intelligence agencies throughout the world, not just the Americans, the British will have done it, the Australians will have done it. They will do whatever they need to do if they think the information is important enough. They're not afraid to do it. Neither is the ISB in this case. Like, this is pretty dark stuff. And they're just like, yeah, just do it. Like it, it's just water off a duck's back. They do not care one bit the emotional distress that they are causing at all. They just want what they want, and they just take it. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a really really cool connection there. Um, we get a little bit of stuff again with Mon Mothma. She's one character that I would like to be seeing a little bit more. Um, She's got another new driver. So what happened to her old driver? He wasn't getting enough information, probably got killed. Um, we learn that Vel is Mon's cousin. So I, a lot of people, including myself, had figured that Vel was going to be related to Luthen because they sort of look similar. Um, but no, it turns out she is Mon Mothma's cousin, Vel Mothma from Chandrilla. <laughs> so there you go. Um, that was pretty interesting to learn. It was interesting... Because now we've now we've connected those dots because in the previous episode, Cinta has that little jab at Vel about her having money and running away from her family and all that shit. And now we learn that it's Mon Mothma's wealthy family that Vel ran away from, which is interesting. Um, they haven't seen each other in six months. I, I think she it's it's a really secret conversation because I obviously can't give shit away. But it seems like. Because there's one point where Mon says, what does he have you doing? So she knows that Vel is working with Luthen. I think she's aware of that. I don't think she has any idea to what extent 
what jobs she's involved in, um, how she was basically running the Aldani operation. So I don't know of Mon, probably for her own safety, really, um, and the safety of everyone. The less that people know, the better, usually, in this sort of case. Um, yeah, it was interesting to sort of start to realise the level of knowledge that Mon has around Luthen and Bell's activities. I think it is limited to a degree. Um, we get a little bit more with Tay Colmer. So the money that Mon is asking him to acquire, it isn't going to work because she's in this debt or some shit. I don't know. It's not really important, but what is important is that she needs a loan. This money just can't come from nowhere because she'll get audited and she'll get caught, right? Um, and he has organized, a, I didn't write down the name of the guy who she's going to meet, but he sounds like some sort of crime lord because... Tay initially says, oh, it's a, he's a banker, he's got heaps of money, and then he says the name, and Mon like, gets really pissed off, and she's like, he's not a banker, he's a thug. So I would say he is some sort of mafia don, you know, something like that um, from Chandrilla. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. I still think Tay's setting her up. I just get a bad vibe from him. I get a bad vibe from how things are going, like the little minor inconveniences here and there that are holding up, you know, the money. Now she's going to meet with this guy who's connected to criminals. That's going to make her look bad if that gets found out. I really think he's trouble. I, I still got a really bad feeling about him. Um, we get a little bit more stuff with Cyril and his fucking mum. Oh, my God. So Cyril is still desperately trying to get on the inside of the ISB in this operation that Dedra's running around um, Cassian. He's really messed up. He's got serious issues we're starting to see. So he's basically been stalking Dedra. Um, he, he gives this long speech about like how when he met her, his whole world opened up. It's really, really bizarre because it sounds like he's confessing his love to her, but he's kind of also not. <laughs> like, he's really confessing his love to her attitude towards her job. <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm such enorm an enormous admirer of you. I, I thought life wasn't worth living until I met you, uh, but that's only because of how committed you are to your work. <laughs> like, it's really, really weird, and she's totally fucking freaked out by it. So the odds of him getting to work under her, uh, getting less and less, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um, but it's really, really interesting to see, like, all the scenes we see with him and his mum mean something, right? Um, and and they're, they're, they're all about establishing why he is the way he is as an adult, right? Who's he trying to please? Why is he so driven? It's because his mum sees him as nothing but an utter and complete disappointment because she's a horrible, horrible parent, Right? Any parents out there who listen to this, who watch this show, don't be like Eddie. Oh my God, don't be like Eddie. Don't make your adult children guilty for living their lives, right? Don't make them feel like they have to be beholden to you because you do them an, <laughs> a favor that they didn't fucking ask for. Oh my God, she's the fucking worst. She's the worst. And also your children are not an investment. They are not an investment. They're their own humans. 
right? She literally says, like, I helped you get this job. I've done this. I make meals for you. I deal with your clothes and all this shit. Where's the payback for my investment? What the fuck, lady? What the hell? You should just love your child unconditionally. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a brilliant performance. I forget the lady's name. She's the one from Harry Potter. Um, but yeah, God, you just like she's she's so clueless as to how detrimental she's being to his like growth as a person. <laughs> she's stunting his emotional growth in ways that she will never be able to comprehend. And it's really, really interesting to watch. Just all these fucking side characters getting so much room to breathe and grow as characters. We are learning so much about so many characters. I cannot thank Tony Gilroy and Disney and Lucasfilm and, and Kathleen Kennedy enough for giving this show 12 episodes, for making the episodes nice and long, for not cluttering it up with unnecessary Vespa races, no, <laughs> action sequences, you know, just having it be really, really in-depth character work. It's, it's, I'm so grateful because it is really, really high quality TV. Like, I don't know how this show is going to end, but it is on its way to being the best Star Wars we've ever had. I know that's a big thing to say and that's going to upset a lot of people. But it's so good. It's just, it's too good. It's shitting on everything that we've seen in recent years. Like, even the good stuff that we've seen, like The Mandalorian. This is so much better than The Mandalorian, and The Mandalorian's pretty good. <laughs> like, oh man, it's crazy. So, the prison, right? Oh, poor Olaf. Poor old bugger. They literally work him to death. He's got like 40 days to go. And his, his mind starts to go, his hands start to go, and then he has a stroke. Fuck, it's brutal. So what is going on every time we go to the prison is we're getting drip-fed what the characters are getting drip-fed, right? When they're in those hallways, when they're walking past each other, going from the room that they work into the place that they sleep, it's when they communicate with each other. They're doing the sign language through the windows and all that shit. And they're getting little bits of information about something that's happened on level two. And because of how far away everyone's hands are, how many floors this information is having to travel, like zigzagging back and forth across the way, it takes time. It's like Chinese whispers. It can get confusing, especially like if the characters aren't proficient in sign language, maybe. And Andy Circus's character, Kino, he points this out. But the information starts coming through. One guy says something, he's like, something happened on level two. And then everyone just starts to freak out. What happened on level two? What's going on? Rah, rah, rah. And Kino's just like, everyone, calm the fuck down. He's just he's trying to keep everyone chill. He doesn't want to get fried. He doesn't want them all to die. He doesn't want to die. Like, he, he is trying to hold it all together. He's just trying to white knuckle his way through his sentence. Because Andor's really getting in his ears, like, how many guards are on each level? Have you ever thought about escaping? And he's like, shut the fuck up. Stop it. Because he's just he's just trying to tough his way through this horrible experience and not put himself in any danger, which is fucking understandable. Honestly, totally get that. Um, 
But yeah, this information comes through as the episode goes on. As the episode goes on, we see Olaf deteriorating. Um, we see there's a scene where another new man comes into the the work room, same as Andor did in the previous episode, and we see him talking to this new inmate who we don't know the name of. Um, we didn't see him in the last episode, but he's the one that Cassian is sort of working with to organize the escape. You can see they're talking about all sorts of different things. They realize that the that little walkway is not um, can't fry you. It's not like connected. You, they realize that anything that moves, so that little lift, it can't fry you. So they're figuring out where is safe to stand if you haven't got the boots on, how many guards are sort of rotating through when this happens, at what point in this sort of prisoner delivery is the best time. Like they're talking about things in depth. Like he's been there for over a month already because we saw those 30 days go past in the previous episode. So we know that they've already been planning this for a long time, putting a lot of work into it. That They're most of the way there. And he's doing something in the bathroom with cutting that that pipe or cord, whatever it is. I don't know if that's connected to the lift or, or whatever it is. But I'm sure every time one of them goes to the bathroom, they bust out that bit of wall and they, they cut it a little bit. You know, like they're Shawshanking their way out of there just bit by bit. Um, but yeah, so it's it's super interesting to see. Like what I've really enjoyed, both with this prison bit and the Aldani sequence, any other showrunner would have done these two things in a single episode, right? The the preparation and the heist itself and Aldani would have been done in one episode. This prison bit, right? He Ando would have gotten there at the end of an episode and then by the end of the following episode, he would have broken out, right? That's the Mandalorian formula, right? He is given a problem at the beginning of an episode and by the end of that episode, the problem's solved, right? He goes to a planet, he needs something, someone asks them, him to do them a favor, he does it, he gets the thing, he leaves the planet, right? It's their little, little chapters in, in an overall story condensed into a single episode. The chapters of this story are being spread out over two, three, four episodes. And again, I'm so appreciative of it because it just makes the storytelling, the quality of it so much greater, so much greater. Um, so yeah, so this entire episode is literally just the other inmates learning about what happened on level two. And then we're into next episode where you can tell shit is going to go down. Um, before I go on, Andy Circus is just a god. He is a god. Whether he's in a dot suit or it's just him, he is such a good actor because he's he's conveying so many emotions throughout this episode. He's in denial. He's he's trying to, like I said, just white knuckle his way through his sentence. He's got a lot of fear because he's got to control these 50 guys, all their different personalities, all their different emotions. He gets carried away at one point because Melshi, who's actually, um, we know he's going to survive because he's in Rogue One, he's, he's bloody flapping his mouth all the time. He's always got a snarky thing to say, some sort of dissent to spread, and Kino just loses it at one point, punches him right in the gut, and all, and everyone else has to go, dude, you got to fucking calm down. Um yeah, Circus is just giving an unbelievable performance as this character. So good to have him back in Star Wars. So yeah, when so when Olaf does pass away, so they're finishing up for the day, 
and he's having the stroke, right? We don't know this until later, but he can't stand up. He can't concentrate. Um, he starts to lose, like, all his, you know, his faculties start to go, he's, and they have to carry him out of the room in the end. They're carrying through that hallway. Kino, like, realizes how bad it is. He's like, right, we've got to stop um, him and Cassian stay back and wait for a medic while the, all the others leave. The medic shows up, looks at him for like two minutes and goes, like, there's nothing to save here. He's dead. He's had a massive stroke. But the medic, and the, so they said the information about level two came from some sort of tech. Um, th- these techs and these medics are also prisoners because they don't have shoes on. So they're obviously like, you know, they're that they have that profession in their regular life. So they're an asset in a prison setting. Um, but that medic knows what's up and they sort of start to press him a little bit. He's like, you know, you gotta, you guys are going to have to start really following the rules. And this is what, this is where Andy Circus is just so amazing because his face is conveying so much. He's not, he stops really being afraid. He starts to get really angry because he can tell, because he, he, he's realizing as the episode goes on that this level two shit is not a rumor. It's not people getting carried away. Something real has happened. And if something real has happened, I think his tune is going to change enormously. And it changes the very, very last thing that is said in this episode. He's changed his tune. He's like, why do I have to keep my men in line? And then this medic says, he says they made a mistake as in like a clerical error, these guys that run the prison. I don't know if that's the really the right way to say it um, because what's happened, so a guy got released, he finished his sentence, and then he got immediately put back in on a different floor. Now, this could be for a number of reasons. This could just be because the Empire a bunch of assholes. It could just be because they, you know, they can't arrest everybody in the galaxy <laughs> to fill these labor camps. They need to get more people from somewhere sometimes. So... It, it would have to be the first time that this is done that they've done this. This might be a new initiative they're starting. We're like, right, we're just going to take people out, think they're being released, and we're going to put them straight back in. It's pretty dumb and pretty risky because they're relying on a few things, right? One, the person not being recognized, first of all, because they can see each other in those walkways a little bit. So one, they don't want to be recognized. Two, they're relying on that person having enough fear to keep their mouth shut, Right. And we've seen the way that Cassian behaves. He's so confident, and it seems like he's right, that they're not being listened to. So a person that gets moved from one floor to another thinking they're being released thinks that way as well, that it's going to run their mouth off and everyone's going to know. So either it is this new initiative and they just didn't think it through or it was legitimately a clerical error. I don't think it's a clerical error because then they wouldn't really have anything to be afraid of. All the inmates are like, oh, they fucked up. They made a mistake. One guy got put back in. Hopefully that doesn't happen to me. I think this is a deliberate thing that they're now doing with the inmates. They're just rotating them and making them think they're going to be released. And that's why everyone's so scared and angry. So the, the floor that he got moved to was level two. And obviously he either talked or he got recognized. So the whole floor knew. So they killed everybody on the floor. hundred guys. Fried them. Dead. Which is dark. This show is dark. Like, oh, the Empire just murdered a hundred people when they didn't need to, right? And this, again, this is what Luthen's talking about. The Empire keeps taking it too far because they're fucking arrogant, 
they think there's going to be no consequences. They take it too far and then everyone's going to push back, which is what's going to happen in this prison, right? They've gone too far. So now Andy Circus is like, no, I'm going to help Cassian. So as, as they're leaving that hallway, they leave poor Olaf there. He's, he's dead. They've just learned that an entire floor got killed when they didn't need to be just because the Empire felt like it. He says, how many fucking guards are there on each level? Kino just says, there's never more than 12. And now it's fucking on. The escape is on. Might not even happen next episode. Next episode might be more planning. Who knows? I'm here for it. I don't care. It's been so good this whole time. Oh, man. It's it's such a treat, this show is. Um, Yeah, I haven't got much else to say about this episode. I'm very much enjoying the irony that the ISB is looking for Cassian so ferociously and he's right under their nose. Their own stupid policies put him in prison, which is the safest place for him to be right now because they'll never find him there ever, <laughs> which is because he's also there under a different name. He's using that bloody, what's his name? Keith, Keith Gergo. <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, so I, I love that irony because the ISP is so... They, you know, they're, they're pretty savvy. Like, they're not dumb. We're seeing how Dedra operates. We're seeing how Anton Lesser's character operates. They're pretty switched on. They got Wolfularen in there helping them out. But they still... They can't find this one guy because they put him in prison. You fucking dummies. And all this time... Oh, shit. All this time, Cassian's money is still in that fucking hotel room. He put it on top of that shower. It won't have been found. I mean, not likely to have been found. It's still there. So I don't know if he doesn't really give a shit about it. I I think he does give a shit. Like he had to work pretty hard to get it and it's an enormous amount of money. So once he escapes, is he going to go back and get it? It wasn't very safe there the last last fucking time he was there. If, If he is part of a massive prison escape. He's going to be hunted like no one's business, even under a different name. They've got his face and the ISB has his face. So maybe that's when they're going to clue in, like, you know, that they'll hear about this prison break and then they'll, they'll be flicking through the, the holograms of all the prisoners that got out and they'll go, fuck, there's Cassian Andor. So maybe, I don't know. Um, but nah, it's, this show's too good. It's too good. Only three episodes to go, which is very sad. Um, now, tomorrow, I'll be doing an episode for Tales of the Jedi, which is just more like we're, we've been really, really lucky this year. Like, Obi-Wan wasn't everything we hoped it would be, but God, there was some amazing moments. And, and now Andor's delivering. We've had Tales of the Jedi. Oh, man. It's really, really good. So, yeah, I'll be doing an episode on that covering all six episodes uh, tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if we'll do it tonight or tomorrow. I'll probably do it tomorrow. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Remember to like and subscribe, uh, leave a review, leave a comment, all that stuff. Um, if you found this podcast organically, you can follow me on Instagram at timespent underscore podcast, Star Wars, AFL, AFLW, really whatever the fuck I feel like talking about. You'll find it right there. <laughs> all right. Catch you guys next time. Bye.